Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Indeed, how great is our God. In every way and in ways that uh, we can't even fathom things he's done we've never seen. Uh, a heart so much greater than our own hearts. We can only bow and be amazed. Wonderful uh, Michael's decision. Pray for Michael. and Strengthen and help Michael any way you can. Uh, I've been passing out a little very short thing about the men's uh, group. If you didn't get one, see me. They're back on the shelf. Just a little focus on what we're what our intent is and our purpose. And I hope you can make that. As we said, we don't want to make this too restrictive. We know schedules are crazy. But this is also something that we need to do as brothers. And then also about the men's retreat. If you uh, can find your way and your heart, maybe this is the year for you to go to that. You will not be disappointed. You will be uplifted. And as I said, it looks like the topic this year, which has to do with impacting your community for Christ, is very, very uh, appropriate. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, it's odd we start out here when we're going to talk about uh, Philemon, but I thought it would be good. Let's just read this from 2 Timothy 3.16. You, you've heard uh, numerous lessons from this, but we just want to make a point before we move forward. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Uh, I think it's just a Part of our human nature, we tend to uh, gravitate toward books and passages of scripture that we like. And, uh, you know, that's okay to go back and revisit them and be encouraged by them. Uh, whatever is, whatever they are that you like, maybe a lot of people like Genesis, some like Psalms, some like the Gospels, Romans, you know, many others. But... What does this say? You know, a lot of times we look at this and say, well, all Scripture is inspired by God, and that's what we want to point out is God breathed, and it's his word, and it's truth, and absolutely amen. But then let's look at all Scripture. All Scripture is profitable for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for instruction. All Scripture, all right, not just the ones we like. Not, the, not just the ones that seem to address certain issues, okay? You know, some books that we tend to overlook, I think Philemon's one of them, and that's why we want to use it this morning, because the, Paul says through the Holy Spirit that it's profitable for teaching, right? There's something here for us to learn. You know, we, uh, several years back we went through uh, the Song of Solomon, People tend to shy away from that and say, you know, and it's a little strange. We'll not, we'll not go there. God says it's profitable for teaching, etc. So this is why we're looking at Philemon this morning. 
And Philemon is a beautiful little book. Uh, you can read it in about three minutes. I timed myself, and I read slowly. Uh, but there's really a lot here. It's a slice of history. It's a slice of Christian history. And uh, it, this is something that had to deal with, with a situation that really happened. Real people, real situation, real event. And, of course, this is, this is how they communicate in those days. If you weren't face-to-face, uh, which is always the best way to communicate even today, face-to-face, then you wrote a letter, and you had it delivered by somebody. Uh, I don't even know, maybe they did, uh, if there was a Roman postal system. There might have been at some point. But most of the time, they gave letters to people that they knew who were going to where they needed this letter to go. And that, that's the way they, they delivered letters. And that's what you see in, uh, a lot of times in the, the, uh, the uh, ending to some of these letters that, you know, so-and-so is bringing this letter to you. So uh, anyway, that's a little bit of background there. But we want to look at what truths we can find here in Philemon. Just to uh, introduce, there's three main, uh, three main persons here, three main characters, if you will, in this whole uh, event. The first of all is Paul the Apostle, and at the current time, as he's writing this letter, writes this letter, he's in prison. Uh, some have said this was the same time he was in prison when he wrote 2 Timothy, I'm not sure about that. It's a possibility that uh, that's true. So he's in prison for, the, for his faith in Christ. Then there's Philemon. He is the one to whom this letter is addressed and is, is delivered. He's a Christian, as we're going to see, a very devoted disciple, and is someone that Paul knew. They have a history that goes back some, some ways. And so this is another reason why I think Paul was willing to write him this letter and needs to write him this letter. And then the third person is Onesimus, okay? Onesimus was a slave of Philemon's, okay? He was a slave of Philemon's. And this letter is really about Onesimus. So those are, those are the three main persons in the letter. Now, this letter was occasioned for, it was for a purpose. This was not just to write and say, hey, how you doing, Philemon? Nice to um, get in touch with you again. I'm in prison and so forth. No, there's, there's something going on here. There's a situation. It was occasioned by two events. One was bad and one was very good. Now, the bad event was this. Onesimus who was a slave of Philemon, had run away. He had run off. Now, uh, in those days, a slave could be punished. A slave was just considered property, you know, like your dresser or your donkey or your chair. It's your property. Do with it what you want. The, when a slave ran away, they could be put to death. No problem. 
Master said, I'll kill you. You kill him, no problem. Roman law allowed that. They could have beat him to an inch of his life. Could have sold him to somebody else. You know, any of those options were possible here for Philemon in regard to Onesimus because he had run away. So that was the bad, bad thing. But there was something that created a conundrum or a problem here. And that was that somehow in his running away, and Paul kind of alludes to this, that maybe this was the providence of God, Onesimus had met Paul in prison. Don't have the details again. But Paul, being the evangelist that he was and totally devoted to Christ Jesus, had brought Onesimus to Christ, and he was now a Christian, a brother in Christ. Well, isn't that wonderful? You know, Paul was ever the apostle and the evangelist, the messenger of God, no matter where he was. We read that in the book of Acts. You know, there he is before Festus and Felix and Agrippa, and what's he doing? He's teaching the gospel, trying to convert them, telling them, why I'm here? I'm here because of the resurrection of the dead. You know, he didn't let any of these situations in life deter him. He knew that's why he was called, and he was even told when he was called by Jesus there, he says, you're going to witness to me before kings. Remember that? And he did. He didn't just think about his own self. Well, I've got to get out of this. I've got to get free. No, I'm here to, I'm a servant of Christ, and I'm going to witness, and I'm going to teach, and we're going to convert whoever we can with the Lord's help. And so Onesimus came to the Lord through Paul. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing story there, just that in itself. The letter is written, and we're, as we're going to unfold it here, Paul has sent Onesimus back to Philemon with this letter. Now, my little write-up here says he went with, uh, I think, Tychicus. Uh, that's not in here. Some have, you know, kind of pieced together the information and thought that that would be the case. He probably did go with somebody else to deliver this letter. But, you know, Onesimus himself has been sent by Paul and bringing this letter back to his master, okay, who has the right to put him to death. That's the situation here, and that's the content of this letter. All right, as we work our way through here, there are three truths to keep in mind, and I think these are the, to me, these are the ones that are, that come to the fore that are most important in this letter. There may be others. You may see others. The first one is this. For the Christian, Christ permeates all of life. Every event, every situation, every decision is Christ-oriented, love-driven. Every one. You know, we're never out from, you know, we're never outside of Christ. We're never just dealing worldly-wise. Christ is there in every decision, and we see that throughout this situation. The second one is this, and all, they all derive from that idea. Life is about loving people with the love of Christ. You've heard me say that dozens of times. Life is about people. It's not about events. It's about the people, and that's what this is about. 
It isn't so much about the fact that he ran away, but it's about who Onesimus is. And the second, the third one is this, it's always life is always about doing the right thing. The right thing that God tells us is right, according to him. That's what we do. We saw that in our Bible study this morning about David. All right, so we'll look for those things as we move through here. Let's go to Philemon 4. I'm not going to do the introduction. You can read that. Like I said, you can read the whole thing in three minutes. Philemon 4, I thank my God always making mention of you in my prayers, Philemon, because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. For I have come to have much joy and comfort in your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. And, uh, you know, Paul is rightfully here honoring and praising Philemon. Uh, he's obviously a man of faith, a man of God. Uh, he's quite well spoken of. You know, he's, not, he's doing his Christian service, and, and it's visible, you know. He's not out there saying, look at me, but just from the fact that he's doing all these things for the congregation for the saints, as it says, that his reputation is growing. Verse 2 even speaks of a church in your house. He had a congregation that met in his house. Uh, you know, this, this was a man of God. Verse 5, they're talking about his love toward the Lord, the faith, love and faith toward the Lord and toward all the saints. You know, you can't love Jesus and not love the saints. Can't do that. Now I realize that oftentimes it's very difficult to love your brothers and sisters. I know that. Things happen. And there are bumps in the road. And that's why it says love will cover a multitude of sins. And we're supposed to love one another and forgive one another. And that makes it difficult at times. But we have to do it. We can't say, Lord, I love you, but I, I don't really like and care for, in fact, I hate brother whatever over here, or sister whatever. You can't do that. And Philemon didn't do that. He, he loved the saints. and you know, We're not told there he had any problems with anybody, but he was willing to ride over them if he did. So we see here that he was a man to take as an example in life. He is a man of God, and I think in this, Paul is counting on this, you see, when he writes this letter to him. Because he knows Philemon has this kind of heart and faith and love for God and for the saints. So we see here that, uh, going to the, back to those three truths, that Christ permeates the life of Philemon. It's everywhere in what he does, and he's doing everything through love. Loving the Lord, loving the saints, and he's well known for that. Verse 8. Therefore, all right, so see, Paul is counting on this, who Philemon is in Christ. He has this heart. He's this kind of person. Though I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do what is proper, 
Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, since I am such a person as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Now he's about to say to Philemon here what he wants. You know, uh, if we just put ourselves back in this situation, and I always tell you to try to imagine what the situation is. You know, at some point during the day or evening, Onesimus shows up at the door, at Philemon's door. We're not told how long he had been gone. But he's been gone probably for a while. He shows up at the door with a letter. Somebody's probably with him. And he gives this letter to Philemon. And, you know, Philemon, we're not told what was his immediate reaction to seeing Onesimus. We don't know. So Paul here, in writing this, says, I'm thinking about uh, my authority here to order you. I think he's thinking as an apostle, probably. Okay? I, I can tell you what to do. But he's not doing that. And it's always better to deal from love than making rules. It's always better to deal from love. Won't you do the right thing? Because you love this person, because you love God. That's always the better position to take. And so he's going to appeal, as he says, for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. You know, we, we go way back, Philemon. We're in Christ. I love you. You love me in Christ. You love the saints. You love the Lord Jesus. I'm appealing to you for that love. And then Paul, uh, he talks about, you know, I'm, I'm the aged. I'm the old guy now. I'm in prison for Christ. And I have a little smiley face there. You know, is, is, that, is that being unfair? You know, uh, besides feeling to love, you say, "Now I, I'm I'm the old I'm an old guy here now, and I'm in prison now. Can you consider? Can you do that for me, just because of my situation?" Uh, I don't know if you've ever had your arm twisted that way or not. Uh, and when I was reading through this and studying this, this one thing came to my mind way back when I had first gone into the military. And uh, I don't know whether it was my first Christmas home or second Christmas home. Uh, my grandmother wanted me to wear my uniform to evening service. And I didn't want to wear my uniform. I, I saw no reason to do that. I think I didn't want to show off because I was in the Navy now. But she wanted me to do it for her own reasons. And guess who won? <laughs> Grandma won. I wore it that night for her. For her. Because she was my grandmother, and she asked me to do it. So that's kind of, I think, see the saw Paul here. You know, I'm the old guy. I'm in prison, probably in prison again, maybe the third time. For the Lord, Philemon, please consider 
me where I'm at. So, anyway, verse 10, we're moving, moving on. He's and I, I, you know, it's going to be about love here. It's going to be about love. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus. Now, that must have rung a bell with Philemon. My child, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my imprisonment, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. I've sent him back to you in person, that is, sending my very heart. Wow. Whom I wish to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything, so that your goodness would not be in effect by compulsion, but of your own free will. Wow. This is the very heart of this letter right here. Paul has brought Onesimus to Christ. He calls him his son. He's evidently been working with Paul, helping him in the gospel already. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? There's a bond developed. And how quickly it developed. Again, we're not told why, but he sent a, I'm sending you my heart. Somehow Paul had come to really love Onesimus in such a short time. Maybe just seeing his predicament, uh, that he had done something terribly wrong, uh, whatever it was. Maybe, you know, it's the whole, back, the whole background he had. Maybe he didn't even know his family. You know, that happened in those days. Children were sold off at early ages to be slaves. And... Uh, Whatever it was, Paul had taken a liking to him, brought him to Christ. But he knew he couldn't keep him just because he was Philemon's slave. There's a little play on words here. If you've got footnotes, you can see that. The word Onesimus in the Greek means useful. We've seen, studied about how names had meanings in those days. They meant something. His name was useful. But, you know, Paul says there, he was useless, formerly was useless to you. Why? Because he ran away. He was of no good to you. But now is useful both to you and to me. Okay? So he's using the name Onesimus there, but the play on words with useful and useless. He says, now that he's in Christ, he's useful to both of us. And formerly, before he met Christ, and we were able to bring him to Christ, he was useless to you. He was gone. Paul says he wanted to keep him, help, help him serve in the gospel. But he's really saying, uh, I can't do that because he's rightfully your slave. So I'm sending him back. 
And so we see one of those points played out here with Paul. Even though he was the apostle, even though he could probably say this is still a good thing to do, Christ permeated his life, and he said, no, that's not the right thing to do because he really is Philemon's slave. And he was willing to send him back, but he was trusting Philemon because Philemon was a Christian, and he was trusting he would do the right thing. And he would not harm Onesimus. Ever trust anybody that much? They would do the right thing, even though it was a difficult situation. But you gave it to them, and you said, this is your decision. I know you'll choose rightly. Choose correctly. Sometimes that's difficult to do. As we see there, he wanted Philemon's decision to be of his own free will. Okay? I don't want to force you to do it. I don't want to just keep him and then make it look like you look like you made this decision and that I, I'm uh, keeping Onesimus to serve me. Yeah, that'd be a great thing. But I want you to make the decision. I want you to choose. Too often we try to choose for other people, don't we? Especially for our kids. Even when they're older. We, we know what's right. We know what's good. We've been down certain roads and we know you don't want to go down that road. But all we can do is encourage, isn't it? Love them and teach them, but they have to choose, don't they? They have to make the decision, the right decision, we hope and pray. So this was a decision to be based on love, the love of God, the love between Philemon and Paul. And then hopefully as this was being opened up now, love between Philemon and Onesimus. Because what? Now they were brothers in Christ. Now what do you do? Here's your runaway slave. You can do whatever you want with him. But he happens to be now your brother in Christ. What do you do? Verse 15. For perhaps he was for this reason separated from you for a while so that you would have him back forever. Meaning as a Christian. A brother forever. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. many times we've had this played out in our lives and thought about this that something has happened that was not good but God turned it around and worked it for good all things work together for good and while we're in that period of trouble and difficulty it's like wow Lord what are you doing but then when we're through it and we see where God went with that and the 
through the test and the trial and the thing. He worked things out in a way we never thought, and things are even better now than they were before. And that's what Paul is kind of alluding to. He's not saying it was the case. Seems like he has the same thoughts that we do. For perhaps he was, for this reason, separated for you for a while. We would like to think, yes, amen, that was why. For God to bring him to Christ through Paul and send him back to Philemon. Not just as a slave, but a beloved brother. 17. If then you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it. Not to mention to you that you owe to me even your own self as well. Wow. There's a lot of persuasion here, isn't there? I think that's an art we've lost. We don't know how to talk with people. We really don't. We don't know how to discuss. We don't know how to reason. We don't know how to persuade. We've just lost it because of various reasons. Paul elevates Onesimus to his own level. Receive him as you would me. And that tells me again, Paul sees all Christians the same. You know, he's an apostle, but in Christ Jesus, we all share the same. We all share Christ. We're all brothers. Receive him as you would me. He says, I'll pay. If he has any debts, I'll pay him. You know, he might have stolen something when he left. Maybe that's why he left. Maybe he did something there in the house he shouldn't have. Paul says, I'll pay. And again, that shows Paul was totally sincere about this. All right? He wasn't going to let Onesimus just out there on his own. He says, I, I want this to work. And that shows, again, Paul's love. And then what he says there in 19 in the parenthetical, you owe me even your own self. Is it perhaps that he... Paul converted Philemon to Christ? I think most people think that's possible. Or in some other situation, maybe Paul had helped get Philemon out of prison or something or somehow saved his life. I think it's probably the former. (coughs) Excuse me. But anyway, there's something there between them that goes way back. So Paul again reminds Philemon... (coughs) You owe me your own self as well. And then 20. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, since I know that you will do even more than what I say. And so he's entrusting. He says, I laid it out. This is a situation. Refresh my heart. And he says, I think you'll do more than even what I'm asking you to do. He asked him to accept him back as a brother. What would be the more? Uh, I think there's two possibilities. One would be to send him back to Paul 
like Paul was wanting and say, okay, you can have him now and he will serve with you there in the gospel. Or perhaps he just wants him to set him free, which he could do. Free in Christ and free from his bond of slavery. But he's trusting. He says, Philemon, it's up to you. And guess what? We don't know what Philemon did. What do you think he did? It's okay to think. What would you like to think he did? Anyway, a letter from real life engaging a touching situation, a real situation that happened. And we would hope, as we say, that, and I trust, I think Philemon did the right thing. I think he accepted him back for sure. What else he might have done, I don't know. But I like to think he did something better. You know, our God, Don sang the song about grace, let us in grace, grace song, is indeed very gracious. And in his love, as we saw the love there, he loves us so much. He, uh, he gave his life. He sent his son. And it's kind of the same thing like the appeal that Paul is making to Philemon. You know, I'm sending him back. You, you, uh, you know me. We're, we have a history. And I think you'll do the right thing. And I think this is what God is, is counting on. We've said so many times when Jesus was, was raised up, lifted up on a cross to say, this is how much I love you, I'm willing to give you my life. That he's counting on that cross to draw us to make the right decision to follow the Lord. He's putting it in our hands. Just like Philemon, or Paul put this decision in Philemon's hands. He said, I can't make you do this. I don't want to do that. It's got to be of your own free will, knowing the love of God and knowing my love for you. And so God puts it in our hands. It's like Michael made a decision of his own free will to come back. As always, we have an invitation. You don't always have to respond at an invitation song. That's one thing I told Michael. You can come anytime. But this is an opportunity. Are you a Christian? You need, uh, do you need to respond? You need, are you struggling with something? Do you need prayer? Do you need to rededicate your life? Maybe you're not a Christian and you see the cross and you hear of Christ and you read about this kind of love and this devotion to doing the right thing and it's moving you, moving you to serve the Lord. We can assist you with your obedience to the gospel and being baptized into Christ. Whatever your need might be, please come while we stand and sing.